Because Eric, Micah, and Selena decided to record an episode without me, this is MuggleCast episode 257 for September 22nd, 2012. This week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast. Welcome to Mugglecast number 257. It has been an entire month since our last episode of Mugglecast, which was at LeakyCon 2012. Yay, <sighs> we all had a lot of fun there. We were all on site. It was myself, Micah, Selena. And Andrew, who's actually not with us this week. Oh, no. Yeah, we've lost our fearless leader. <laughs> there are I, you only... know what I think it is? He had too much fun at the premiere last night of uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yeah. He's partying with Emma. The... Yeah, yeah he's, right. he's still recovering. Yeah, I think that's... I just, I mean, he's gotten too big for us. <laughs> it's his well... close encounter with Emma Watson. He just, he doesn't, he doesn't care about us anymore. It's true. Well, at least he videoed it and put it on the website. This is true. Did you guys see that sweet, hypable microphone? No, I oh, missed it. That was like the best part of the video. Did Forget you, Emma. Were you responsible <laughs> for that? No. I think Andrew's mom was, but still, it's pretty cool. <laughs> oh. Well, that's all right. So yeah. uh, LeakyCon was, uh, was a lot of fun. I know we were all there. Um, you guys uh, have any overall thoughts about the con since the last episode was like our podcast at the con so we weren't really talking about the whole experience it was it was a shorter episode i thought you know compared to episodes that we've done excuse me over the last couple of months i mean and even for live shows i thought it was relatively short you Mm -hmm. know but but we did get a chance to talk a little bit about the, the the con the casual vacancy interacted with the listeners who were there and uh but the convention overall i i thought was great i mean I, I think each year they, they get better and better as far as LeakyCon goes. It, it was great in Orlando. I thought it was even better this year in Chicago. And uh, everything seemed to go really smooth. There was a lot of cool programming and seemed like everybody had a really good time. I thought it was absolutely epic. Like It was obviously my first con. As as you guys know, I had, I had no voice for the entire con. I was right. ill. I had a fever. It was ridiculous. No, you weren't but ill. You were so just screaming fun. like crazy no, at all I, the different events that were I going really on. I really was not. I really, really was ill. And Selena I was suffering home. from star kid fever. Uh, oh, yeah. Darren Chris fever. I just couldn't contain myself. Um, but no, I came home and I was in bed for a week with a fever. It was terrible. <laughs> but no. it was worth it. You'd do it again. I would. <laughs> well, and actually, you can do it again. Oh uh, there's two opportunities next year. As it turns out, there's going to be two leaky cons next year uh, that we just found out about. Well, we found out about, um, I guess, at the con, at the very, very end, during the closing feast. And actually, by the time you're hearing this, uh, listeners at home, um, registration will have probably sold out already for uh, both leaky cons. Um if not the one in Portland next year, uh, definitely the one in London. 
um, yeah, those are the two I, locations. I think the opportunity will still be there for Portland. Uh, it's it's the London one, I believe, that's had more of an overwhelming response than I think anybody anticipated. But shouldn't be too much of a surprise, right? It's taking place in London, which obviously plays a big role in the series. And and those fans over there really haven't had the opportunity to have a major conference, you know, a fan based conference, probably since the the whole idea of conventions for Harry Potter started. No, there really yeah, I mean, hasn't I, been anything. Occasionally you read about one, but it's a lot smaller and, you know, we don't uh, publish it, you know, publish about it as, as, as often. In fact, the uh, convention that was going to happen in London this year, I believe it was called Alohomora. Yes. Uh, and that actually, they're now in uh, conjunction with LeakyCon. So LeakyCon approached them and it's all now one big happy con. Um, so do that'll guys, be um, pretty exciting. Do you guys know that there's actually a yearly Harry Potter conference in Denmark? No. It's very exciting. No. They have craft stalls and everything. What's it called? I, I don't know. It's in uh, Wootensa, which is one of the, the city where oh, you know uh, A.C. Anderson was from. Yes, I, I know it exists. I was there one year. It was fun. Are yeah, but I was some... saying, how would you know about that? Because you're from Sweden. Do you, I know. Do you travel often it's to Denmark? My, na- my neighboring land, yes. Um, <laughs> it's all just the same thing, Mike. You crossed you know the it. narrow sea there. Yes, I did. I did. The very narrow. It is actually a narrow sea. But are you guys planning on going to either of these cons? Do you know yet? Uh, what do you think, Micah? Tentatively... I'd say yes. I don't know which one. It would probably be either one or the other. It'll either be Portland or London, but I'm leaning more towards London right now. Oh, I'm that sorry to hear fun. that. Yeah, London's London's closer, I guess, to you. Just to hop over the pond. Um, <laughs> but I'd like to go to uh, I'd like to go to both. But I I am thinking that I will go to Portland. I've been to Portland before. I can recommend it as a as a city. It's pretty cool. Uh, very nice hipster vibe. Um, and lots of secondhand stores that are very cool. So I think it's going to be a great, um, environment, but actually the Portland leaky is going to be at a convention center as opposed to a hotel. Um, and so things will be done a little bit differently, but, uh, I like that Leaky's trying new things with, uh, you know, trying to suit, suit the best, uh, environment to their, to their convention. Well, then maybe I'll go to Portland also. Well, yeah, I'm going to be all, yeah, do it, Micah. So, but Selena, I wanted to ask you though. You said this is the first time you were at a, a con. What's your what was your favorite moment or the or the thing that you know you remember the most and it was the coolest aside from hanging out with us, of course. Yeah, rooming. Oh, yeah, rooming with you guys obviously was uh, was the the top uh, part of it. But um, I mean, I I honestly you know, really enjoyed the, the actual muggle cast. Obviously, I thought that was amazing. And I, I also went to the Star Kids show, which I have to say was incredible. Like the, the atmosphere there was absolutely incredible. But I think, you know, what my favorite thing, and this is going to sound extremely cheesy, so you have been warned, but was at one one of the random days, I was like looking for something. I don't know why. I walked into the the main hall and like all of the Potter people were just sitting on the stairs, just hanging out. They were singing and they were just like going between each other and, and just in all their costumes. And just like it's it's it was amazing because it was like the whole community of people just hanging out. And that's like when you said that next year it won't happen at a hotel. My my first thought was, well, is that still going to be there? But I think it will because this group of fans is just so incredible. Like that atmosphere was just amazing. You're yeah. winning over listeners right now. Oh, I hope those, so. Those, <laughs> those statements. Yes. 
but I mean, my my big concern about it was with the conventions having taken place in Orlando for so long, and having the Wizarding World theme park there as as a go to as kind of a fail safe. How was Chicago going to be able to really live up to that? And then obviously now next year going to Portland, going to London, London is going to have so much to offer in, in the sense that a lot of the actors are over there. You have the studio tour available, places that people can go uh, that were locations that were, were used for the film. So I think you know London is going to be a, a great opportunity for people. But I think just to some of the things that you were just saying, Selena, that's what made Chicago so unique and I think mm-hmm. why a lot of people enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Orlando was never the, the end-all be-all. There were cons in Vegas, San Francisco, you know, Houston, or what was the one? Dallas? Was it uh, Portis? Yep. In Dallas. You know, but they they go all over, even without a, a specific environmental tie-in, but, you know, the ones that do have that environmental tie-in, like London next year with the studio tour, um, I think are going to be, you know, that extra special, in a way. Um, I hope but, so. But uh, as you're saying, all the uh, the people who attend will make it a good time. And uh, we're talking about cons next year. Um, there are a few other opportunities besides uh, the leaky cons we wanted to mention. Micah, you, you wrote something down on the doc. Yeah, there's also Mysticon 2013, which is going to be taking place May 9th through the 13th at the uh, Margate Hotel in Laconia, New Hampshire. And for people who might be looking to go to a little bit smaller of a conference, maybe it's closer to them on the East Coast, uh, there's only a couple more days left to get an early bird price of $110 registration. And it gets you into things like the opening gala, the closing breakfast. Um, MuggleNet presents HP Family Feud and HP Jeopardy hosted by Keith Hawk, uh, some awesome. live podcasting, Wizard Rock, literally everything. So uh, it, it's a great opportunity to take advantage of. Maybe, you know, like I said, you want to go to a smaller conference, you have a family, it's only $110 to register right now. It'll go up to $150 after September the 15th. You can find all the information out on uh, www.mista-con, that's M-I-S-T-I-con.org, and that's from May 13th through the 16th. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> and that's from May 9th through the 13th, 2013. And what I like about uh, Mysticon, and then and, and many people um, who attended Ascendio this year were talking about Mysticon. So that was when I first sort of heard about it. And I think it's run by most of the same people who ran Eternatus. Eternatus? Yes. Um, was it last year or earlier this year? Um, and what I like about it is uh, for Eternatus, they pretty much rented out an island or something, if, if I'm recalling correctly. Like, it's, Are you serious? You know, That's so awesome. It's extremely exclusive. Uh, it's, in, this in is a Survivor New, New Hampshire area. Uh, it wasn't a tropical island. but No, what, what I, they did is they transformed the hotel, and that's really what's happening at this convention is that it, it, it's, a, it's a, um, a hotel owned by this couple that are essentially allowing the, this the people who run this convention to transform the hotel into everything Harry Potter, all the surrounding area as well, which has a beach area and a lake. So you're really kind of being immersed into the, the, the whole experience. Wow. That sounds incredible. So, yeah. And uh, there are other uh, options as well for next year. We'll talk about, I guess, at a future date. Uh, none is pressing. 
Eric, Micah, and Selena are going to continue with the news in just a moment. But first, I have returned, mysteriously, to tell you about Audible.com. This podcast, as you know, is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of MuggleCast, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. And as we'll talk about on the next episode, J.K. Rowling says in a new interview, she has not read Fifty Shades of Grey, but as I tweeted to her the other day, she should go to audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast and get Fifty Shades of Grey for absolutely free. Now, how do you do that? Like I said, audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast. Sign up for free and you will get a free audiobook. I have another recommendation for those of you who do not want to read Fifty Shades of Grey. The Last Guardian, Artemis Fowl, Book 8. It is the final book in the epic, epic Artemis Fowl series. The book will leave Artemis Fowl fans gasping up to the very end of this thrilling finale to the blockbuster series. The book is doing very well if you check out the reviews, which is another great feature of Audible. Four and a half stars overall in performance and in story. This is one you do not want to miss. And speaking of Artemis Fowl, all the other books are available. So you can catch up with the series if you haven't read it in a while this way. So again, do visit audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast to get your free audiobook. That's audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast. And we thank Audible for their support of the show. Now, actually, because it's been a whole month since our last uh, MogoCast, we find ourselves with a plethora of Harry Potter news. Um, and nice we're word. just going <laughs> to... That'll make up, I guess, the bulk of this uh, longer episode. Um, and no better way to get it done than to start getting it done, I guess. Micah, what's in Harry Potter news? It's actually been so long that the exhibition decided that it's coming back to New York City. <laughs> so the the, uh, the touring exhibition that I'm sure a lot of listeners have been to, which is now uh, touring internationally in Singapore, uh, will actually be making its way back to the United States, to New York City around the holiday season. They haven't offered any specific dates yet, uh, but it will return to the uh, Discovery Times Square and I'm sure it's going to be a major attraction around Christmas time. Uh, there's no coincidence, I think, in the fact that they're bringing it back uh, to its most successful area, which was New York. And the the, the cool thing is that they will now have uh, props and costumes from Deathly Hallows, parts one and two, which probably weren't in there the first time around. Uh, definitely from part two, it wasn't uh, it wasn't included. And also, they said that they're going to have certain holiday themed items that are going to be included. So interested to see what they're going to do with that. Yeah, um, that'll be uh, exciting to see the holiday theme because I think a lot of the exhibition, uh, because you know, the majority of the uh, I guess the props and the art department is focused on things like Dementors and Death Eaters, and it's very dark. Uh, really, the exhibition there's. There's a little light, especially at the end of the tunnel when you get to the Great Hall and there's all that food there. But a lot of it is sort of the Voldemort Death Eaters kind of area. And, you know, maybe a, a holiday theme will be a little bit uh, better becoming be for it. 
But I haven't been to the exhibition, but I have been to the studio tour. Is it? Does it? Would it offer oh, me anything special? <laughs> <laughs> I have been. You know, I feel like I need to show off something. But、oh, um, you know, is the would the exhibition offer anything special that the studio tour doesn't, or is it quote unquote just like costumes and things? Yeah, I mean, the exhibition isn't any of the sets,、um, and and so it's 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 costumes. And props, and they're arranged in in you know so that, so that it tells a story,、um, but it's like a museum exhibit really, and 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 nothing more. I mean, there's、uh, you can get a,、uh, an audio tour of it that will tell you more about each prop, who constructed it, how it was, you know, how it was made, and that sort of thing.、Um, but、uh, you know, in in terms of backdrops, a lot of it is kind of like replica from the film, that sort of thing, and it guides you through. Uh, mostly, like the, the, what I took away from the the studio tour, and I saw it、um, twice when it was in Chicago, and、uh, at least once when it was in New York.、Um, you know what I took away from it is just the skill and the craftsmanship that goes into the costumes and the props and that kind of thing. And you know, now that I, I haven't been to the studio tour yet, but I would guess honestly you would that love it, Eric. You would absolutely love it. I can promise you that. I can guess that the exhibition is for the people who can't go to the studio tour, and that sounds terrible. The exhibition was first. I feel、uh, a loyalty to it in a way because it it opened in Chicago, and、uh, there was a you know a big press event for it and everything. But you know, ultimately, I think、uh, it, it really just depends on what you're looking for. But there are excellent props and excellent costumes in the exhibition.、Um, but I, I can I guess I can see they originally said they weren't coming back. Like that this the New York stop. Was supposed to be, or was it the Toronto stop? It was the last North American date. They said when they came up with the exhibition, it was going to do ten stops, an initial five-year run of ten stops. And people were complaining because it went from Chicago to New York to LA to Toronto, and it wasn't going anywhere overseas. Australians were like, "Well, where's our exhibition?" You know, and Singapore was like, "Where's our exhibition?" So they did it there next. But they had said finally when they left North America, they they weren't going to do any more. And sure enough. Hang on! Now they're going back to New York City. Oh, get this—it's for Christmas. <laughs> so I don't know exactly what's going on here. I, I guess what I'm—if I had a guess—I would say maybe the exhibition is hurting. Well, did did the、city. exhibition actually go to L.A.? I, because I don't think that it did. Didn't it go to Seattle? Oh, it went to Seattle. That was my mistake.、Uh, Bo- it was in Boston too. I think that's where it started. Or did it, it's, it went to Chicago for to Bo- whatever it was. It made plenty of stops in the United States. That's the point we're trying to make. Yeah. And now <laughs> you're coming back here, and I, it, it's interesting because how do fans respond to that? You know, it, it's not like you can just bring this huge, massive exhibition from Singapore to the United States and drop it there for a couple weeks. I mean, it's probably going to stay here for a little bit of time before it, it moves on. If it moves on, you know, is Singapore the end of? The international run for right now is it going to go back to touring domestically here in the United States? It it, it seems like whatever their initial plan is, it changed.、Um, obviously, because they're coming back, and you know maybe that has something to do with the studio tour.、Um, for, you know, because the exhibition isn't going to London next. Right.、Um, so very interesting, and I'm sure we could poke around a little bit and get a little bit more out of.、Uh, You know the 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 people who travel, but I, I'm sure what they would tell you is that they're very excited to be bringing it to New York again. And honestly, the Discovery Times Square、uh, Museum, I guess it is,、um, right in that area. I I really had fun there. I thought that that was actually a pretty good venue for the exhibition when I was there. Plus the the flying car 
hanging out of the side of the building when you're just walking around New York. It's, <laughs> that's it's pretty, cool. It's pretty cool to see. It's cool. It's not unusual in New York. That's the only thing. I mean, there's so much going on. It's just like, oh, there's a flying, flying cars, cars everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Micah sees this kind of thing every day. Every day. Every day. Uh, but moving on, the, uh, another bit of news that we got was in relation to the Deathly Hallows DVD. Uh, both films are going to be released uh, as a double feature Blu-ray on October the 16th. Uh, coincidentally, the same day J.K. Rowling is going to be in New York City. Um, huh. And actually, the Ultimate Editions for both Deathly Hallows Part 1 and Part 2 finally got a release date. Guess what date? Uh, October 16th. October the 16th, yeah. How do you oh, know? wow. I should, I should like do this for a living. You should. And, and so I, I think the big thing here, though, is that we finally got confirmation that there are going to be ultimate editions for the two parts of, of Deathly Hallows because it's been speculated about for so long with the Wizards collection coming out were there going to be ultimate editions released for the final two films and we'll talk about the Wizards collection in a little bit but now if you're a collector of the ultimate editions you can complete that set and not have to go out and purchase the uh, the $500 Wizards collection. Well, I, I'm relieved because um, it seemed for a while that they had given up on these ultimate editions. I think it took them a while to announce maybe the fifth and the sixth or something. You know, there was a while there, and I was just thinking, well, what if they don't finish it? You know, what if they don't complete it in 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 instead of you know in 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 lieu of doing a you know a bigger, better, bigger set. Um, because the ultimate editions, really, the the reason to get those is this documentary, this eight part documentary, which you know from the beginning they said, okay, it'll be in eight parts for, you know, however many you know movies they were going to be, um, and then but you know we hadn't until very much later, you know, Warner Brothers released the last film on DVD last November, so it was an entire year before you know fans would actually have the ultimate editions of those movies. Right now, do you own the ultimate editions, Eric? I do not. But what I do own is the other DVD set you mentioned, the um, double feature uh, on Blu-ray. I actually have, and this is, I, I was i was very happy to see this news, um, because last, uh, well, last November, it was during the, uh, you know, Warner Brothers uh, Home Entertainment Celebration. I took a trip to Walmart. I was just getting supplies because we were staying at Universal. And I went to the nearby Walmart and found these double feature Blu-ray discs for uh the first six Harry Potter films. And I was I was blown away because there's these there's it's 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 just a great value because I hadn't yet owned the Harry Potter films on Blu-ray and here you could get uh the first and second, third and fourth and fifth and sixth on Blu-ray and Walmart was selling them for $13. That's a good deal. Ooh, ha, Ooh. yes. Chinese Firebolt. <laughs> It's shocking. Yes, $13. So I actually, I stocked up on my Harry Potter Blu-rays, but of course, of course, Deathly Hallows Part 2 had just come out on regular DVD, or regular Blu-ray. They're not going to release it as a double feature, you know, the, that close to, that close to the thing. So, so now that the uh, double feature is coming out, it's just a great opportunity because I already own, you know, the, the DVDs. Um, and so I just, I needed a quick pick me up to get the Blu-rays to get the next uh, quality up. And now it looks like fans who some, for some reason don't own the uh, Deathly Hallows already on Blu-ray uh, can get this double feature. And it seems like I don't, great. I don't own any of them on Blu-ray. I don't own any Blu-rays. Should I? <laughs> is, is it uh, cool? <laughs> do you have an HDTV? No. 
yeah, then don't worry about it. You're not okay. going to, you're actually physically not going to be able to see a difference. No. Um, okay. But if you have a PlayStation, that's how Andrew got by for the first few years, I know, and that's how I'm getting by now, you know, with the blue, with the PlayStation 3, um, it is a Blu-ray player as well. So you do not need to invest in a separate, you know, player or anything for, to get the high def experience. It looks good. I mean, I, I couldn't say if it looks that much better than DVD because all films, all new films these days are produced pretty well anyway. Yeah, but, uh, exactly. we're meant to be, we're meant to believe as consumers that it is that much better. Well, if you don't like Blu-rays, you can always turn to books, right? Because exactly. Uh, they're what got us into <laughs> this I have whole a few thing extra in the first money. place. <laughs> books are slightly more expensive, aren't they, Micah? Well, they are when you <laughs> package them all together. Uh, and and you, we'll talk about this in relation to the Wizards collection a little bit later on. But Harry Potter page to screen, which I thought already existed in book format, but now they're taking it and they're putting it into this comprehensive limited edition version Mm. And it features never-before-published art and text chronicling the making of the Harry Potter films, five brand-new volumes that show how the team designed locations, graphics, costumes, creatures, and special effects. It's got a deluxe book of the paintings of Hogwarts along with a keepsake book chronicling the lasting relationships between cast and crew. There's a replica of the Monster Book of Monsters. There's five frameable concept art prints and and of course the original page to screen book itself it seems like a a portable version of the studio tour to be honest with you (laughs) yeah and here's the thing the the wizard's collection is 19 pounds literally it's like cost only 19 like like 38 dollars no no no. like it's 20 pounds to lift up off the ground right so it's not quite that portable (laughs) no I'm thinking to myself, with all of these books in this page-to-screen collection, how much is that thing going to weigh? Because page-to-screen yeah. itself weighs seven, eight pounds. Yeah, let's be let's be honest. Question. Page-to-screen, page-to-screen is on my lowest bookshelf because I fear for the uh, the, stru- the structural books. integrity of my bookshelf if I store it any higher. Uh, it is that heavy. You're right. But l- let's get to the the big point here. The, the retail price right now is eight hundred dollars. What what's going on here? What are they trying to do? Are they are they like really short on money? And they're like, oh well, (laughs) these crazy Harry Potter fans will like give us our Christmas bonuses. Like, what is going on? I think Uncle Warner has some gambling debts. I think you might be right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but eight hundred dollars. So, well, have we have we seen any news on how the Wizards Collection is selling? It's been a week uh, since it, it it was released, or is it just five days now? Um, do we know how that collection is doing? I mean, that retails at was it three fifty after the Amazon discounts? Yeah, I have no it, idea. It's about three fifty, I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how how sales are doing, but it, it went on sale here in the U.S. on uh, September the seventh, so last Friday, and then in the U.K. actually on the tenth. So it hasn't been out that long. We'll see. I, I wish I had numbers, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine. Now, remember, each of them come with a certificate of authenticity, and I think there's only a little over 60,000 that have been made. So, okay. 
See, I don't know about you guys, but I look at stuff like this, and maybe it's just because I travel around so much, so I'm immediately thinking, how much is it gonna, like, take up space in my suitcase? But this kind of stuff doesn't hold that much interest to me. I'm like, I really like the films. I want to own the films. I love the book. I, uh, the books. I want to own the books. But this kind of stuff, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I wouldn't, if someone gave it to me, I'd be like, oh, great, thanks. And I'd, like, skim through it. But, I don't know, this kind of, I don't, I, I, it's not, it's not like it comes directly from Joe, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, paying $800 for it just seems outrageous. It's, it's going to be a massive testament to, to what we already really know is that these books change lives. Um, you know, it's going right. to be a big chronicle, a big chronicle, more so than the, the first page to screen. And honestly, um, Film Wizardry, which was the first book, um, you know, and then page to screen produced by uh, Harper but Collins. This is about the films. This isn't about the books. This is about the movies, too. It's not going to be about the books. Um, you're right there, Selena. But there's just so much information, so much stuff that came from making the films. And, and honestly, I think, yeah. you know, somebody, somebody's eyes turned a little green here. They realized they could sell it. You know, perhaps <laughs> what they should have done is they should have continued to release books like page to screen and, and found a way to make each book about something different, perhaps, because this is, they said, like five extra books, um, you know, including page to screen. Or, you know, it may be foreseeable that they'll release like a Kindle version of this book, which honestly would be would weigh a lot less. Mm, uh, I would probably get that. Because it is yeah. so interesting to learn, you know, like it like the studio tour as well, just going and seeing... Like, how much effort went into it is incredible. I mean, I don't know how many thousands of pages the Harry Potter books, the regular, you know, by J.K. Rowling Harry Potter books take up. But it's it's almost like at this point, looking at this $800 price tag for, uh, you know, this, this new limited edition of page to screen collection, I have to start, you know, really thinking to myself, okay, you could sit down and you could read all of these books and go through the pages. Or, honestly, you could start living your own life. You know, get, a, get, a, oh, no. get on with your own kind of thing. Oh, Make your own Harry Potter movies that make, music. you know, that change so many people. Compose your own excellent music and but keep in touch with your own. maybe people need inspiration like this. Maybe this inspires people. Perhaps it does. And perhaps it uh, makes them take out a second mortgage. Well, one thing you can do is is clearly get a workout from utilizing either the Wizards collection <laughs> or it. this new... Yeah, or this new page to screen collection. Well, reading it or lifting it up and down, depending exactly. on you know, Perhaps what you Perhaps we should have do. a new... Micah, you've inspired me. We should hold a contest uh, at MuggleNet for uh, ways to I use the Harry it. Potter Wizards collection or, or the book, you know, the, the book that, that you wouldn't think of. You know, unusual ways, you know, like a giant paperweight or... Uh, perhaps to to crush down um, coal into diamonds, or you could just hold a contest to see who can lift it up the longest. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, um, that works too. But my big question with this, before we move on, is why would you want to read what you can probably see in a lot of these special features discs, behind the scenes discs? Isn't it? the same i mean what is it that's so much different about what they're yeah, putting in page to screen that you're not going to see on on some of these blu-ray and dvd collections um well, I guess I mean, it's typically, for people who want to read it rather than watch it to read it and and also like one of the things i think they shy away from on the special features is showing any kind of like if a letter was written to somebody they'll like show it for a few seconds or whatever but mostly it's live action stuff and there's a lot of 
props and photos that are still life that aren't, you know, video that I think get shuttled over to these types of publications. But yeah, it's, it's obviously, I mean, there's only going to be 3000 made, I think, um, of the page to screen limited edition. We'll have to, uh, just, you know, gauge fan interest or if anybody ends up purchasing this, uh, when is it due out? I'm trying to look it up real quick. Um, it. I don't know that it has a scheduled release date. Release right date now. yet? Let's see here. It's, um, one of those things that's online. Maybe it'll disappear. December fourth, two thousand twelve. Yeah. Or maybe it's, it'll come out on December fourth. Maybe it will. Just in time <laughs> for Christmas. So December fourth. So if anybody gets this for Christmas, and by the way, you, Santa must love you. Um, but uh, if you <laughs> Santa's going to have a hernia. <laughs> <laughs> know, you get God. it, and it doesn't kill you lifting it up to your room. If you have a chance to review it, um, <laughs> or a chance later in the hospital when you're getting your back replaced, um, <laughs> please let us know how you think of it. And uh, I'd be, I'd be, I actually will be following this story, and I'll be really interested in learning what those other books are all really about. All right. Well, we did have a little bit of Pottermore news uh, during the the month that uh, we've been off here. The Hogwarts Yay. Library Collection, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and Quidditch Through the Ages are now available at the Pottermore shop. I feel like all we're doing here is promoting different collections and I know, online this is books. And yeah. let's, let's get over that then. We'll move on. Um, but the other big piece of news coming out of Potter- Pottermore is that the second House Cup uh, is set to be awarded in November and there's going to be a new prize. It's not going to be the same uh, as what Slytherin House was awarded when they got early access to the first couple of chapters of Chamber of Secrets. So interesting to see how Pottermore is going to start to change things up now and how long the window is going to be between House Cups moving forward. Well, how long when was the last House Cup recently? We are talking maybe two MongoCast episodes ago, right? Yeah. So really, what, maybe couple months back yeah, a couple months between house cups that's good you know this is i think one of the first i don't want to say one of the first right decisions pottermore made but i like that it's not annually the way that it would be in 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 real hogwarts because people would forget you know the house cup is something that that would uh what andrew was looking for when he first reviewed pottermore with us you know something that will keep fans coming back to the site yeah, yeah. what do you think eric should we round up the hufflepuffs and um, fight for this one <laughs> Heck yes we should Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so that's that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And other big piece of news uh, as it relates to the series as a whole is that the Hunger Games uh, pass Potter as the best-selling series on Amazon. And I guess one sort of caveat to that is that the record includes both physical. And ebook versions, and I have a feeling a lot more people with the Hunger Games bought ebook versions uh, than with Harry Potter. So yeah, I I feel like being a little bit cheaper that probably helped it out a little bit in terms of uh, sales. So because I assume yeah. we're not talking about dollars here, we're talking I about mean, how many were actually sold, right? Yeah. We- yeah, we talked about this actually on on Hunger Games chat from from the other perspective, which is kind oh, of no, strange for me right now. But um, but no, I did say no when I heard. So don't worry. But 
I mean, this is, yeah, this is basically based on only Amazon sales, and it 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 doesn't mean that The Hunger Games has sold more books than Harry Potter, so don't worry. Well, it's, it's only Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh gosh, we, <laughs> I, uh, I think. Yeah, this is. I mean, this is an Amazon-specific result, um, but it's still a big deal because Andrew likes to stir crap up um, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it is himself. a big deal. I mean. I think The Hunger Games being a newer series, obviously the internet opportunities are greater for everybody um, who's buying them and reading them for the first time and Kindles and everything like that. So it makes sense that, it, you know, Harry Potter was going to be usurped because it spent a few years off of the ebook, uh, you know, market as well yeah. as being off Amazon. Yeah. Well, I mean, Harry Potter hasn't even had an opportunity to be on the ebook market really for very long at all. So uh, that certainly plays a part in it. But I wonder how much the movie has contributed. And look, I started reading the Potter books because of seeing the films. But I, I read the Hunger Games series or trilogy before any of the movies were made. I'm wondering how much of the hype surrounding the film has contributed uh, to the sale of, of these books. Oh, I would think a great deal. Um, yeah. Are you saying it's backwards before where people were reading the books long before yeah, they saw the movie? I, I think so. I think with with Potter, I mean, certainly they gained a large audience with with the films, but but I think it was more of a cultural phenomenon, just the books themselves, before the movies were 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 starting to be made, and I feel like more people, as a result of that, own physical copies of the book, um, but. Yeah, you're right. I guess ebook wasn't out back then, really either. So it's a little bit hard to judge. There were there were other um, there were other uh, I want to say competitors besides Amazon selling the Harry Potter books, as opposed to now when Borders is gone. Um, exactly. You know, another local bookstore is seen less attractive than ever when you're talking about getting it on your Kindle and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's only going to keep going because there's there's three more Hunger Games films to go. You know, so it's I, only for a second. Be... I thought you were saying more books to go, and I was like, "Oh my god, no!" <laughs> they're making more books. Um, they're not, are they? No, they're not. Okay. Yet. Yeah, until the ultimate um, tribute edition for retailing for <laughs> two thousand pounds. <laughs> yeah. Twenty twenty. Right. Well, don't put it past them. Uh, people will buy it. They will build people it. Will. And it seems like there was a bit of construction going on down at the Wizarding World in Orlando. Uh, Andrew's on top of this stuff. I think he actually flies down there in his private jet on occasion and just kind of slips through, takes some photos. He's got his own hard hat now, actually, hung on the wall lovingly. Yeah, his name's engraved on it. Nice. Yeah. So basically, things starting to come together down there in Orlando, and uh, I'm sure as time passes we'll see more and more it's going to get harder and harder to hide uh, some of the structures that are that are being put together especially with uh tourists down there they like to snap photos and send them in so uh there'll be plenty more as as time goes on Mm -hmm. there's been uh there's a little bit of a casting update um that we have for you in the past month i'm I'm going to skim through this uh, just for time saving uh reasons but um i guess the most pressing one is that emma watson is starring in the very upcoming perks of being a wallflower um film and this will be released uh i suppose limited release on september 21st in the united states i would encourage everyone to check the uh internet or their local theaters showtimes to see if it is 
in fact opening near you on the 21st yeah, or if not it's, later it it there's so like i the book is amazing by the way it's incredible but the, the book film, is fantastic there's so many countries that it hasn't even had got a release date for including australia and denmark <laughs> or the entirety of scandinavia i should what about say sweden? um sweden doesn't have one either <laughs> go figure the closest is germany but it's really being treated like a small art house film Mm -hmm. And it's very confusing because Emma Watson, you would think that her and Logan Lerman and Nina Dobrev and whoever else is in this film would be able to carry it and make it for a big release. But it doesn't look like that's happening at all. And I'm I'm worried I'm even going to get to see it in, in cinemas. I'm trying to remember, like, how many other films were like this with the Potter actors, because there are quite a few that are that are like smaller Except Rupert um, Grint films. Yeah, they didn't. Come well, the out. Rupert Grint film was it Cherry Bomb or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what was one of them? Uh, I, I remember Bomb, yeah. seeing I remember seeing it at um, Azcatraz, the Harry Potter conference in San Francisco by HBF. But in order to do that, we had to like somebody rented a copy of like the the reel the projection reel and we had to go to like a, a small like an art house cinema to see it and it was you know one screening one day only very difficult to see and then emma watson's uh last film that i saw her in ballet shoes um actually i also saw her in my week with Marilyn, but that was an independent theater um you know very difficult that was to in see cinemas, though worldwide it ended up getting a sort of a wider release yeah but some of these movies you know you have to kind of look really hard to see um you know these potter actors in some of these films that they're in but i think that has to do with them being british book. they're british films too though a lot of them right um, but this one isn't though that's the thing like this is a like a big product you know it's a big is a, a really popular book by steven chabowski it's the guy from percy jackson <laughs> and the girl from harry potter you know you would think that i don't know that's funny because uh, now that you say that, the guy from Percy Jackson, Percy Jackson, of course, being directed by Chris Columbus, who directed right. the first two Harry Potter films. <laughs> it's all connected. So I'm sure Emma and him had a lot to talk about, uh, to talk about Chris. Um, you know, she still remembers him. But uh, anyway, uh, our fearless leader, Andrew, uh, interviewed Emma Watson on the red carpet. We should he did. That. We it should include so a link cool. to that in the show notes, as well as some of this other casting info i'll go through really quick um these these this casting info is definitely brought you brought to you by hypable who reported on each of these individual news items when i grabbed them this morning emma watson is going to join uh in a remake of beauty and the beast this is going to be live action isn't it is it does anybody know i think it's live action um because i think guillermo del toro is directing i could be wrong, but I think that's what this article is even about, is uh, her one stipulation to being a part of it was that Guillermo del Toro direct? Yep. Yeah, he absolutely. Is so it's going to be a live action version of the famous Disney classic. Just another proof that fairy tales are in right now? Fairy tales are definitely in. Um, Dan Radcliffe, who we last saw in The Woman in Black, which, what did you guys think of that movie, by the way? It was terrifying. I'm oh still my waiting God. on my review copy. You're still waiting? Oh, really? I'll say I was supposed to get a review copy from really? the company over in the UK, and they never sent it. They never sent it? Or you, maybe it just got lost? And I, I still want to watch the movie, though. I haven't seen it. In the, um, it is. You know, I, I, I genuinely found it terrifying. See, I the thing I like about that, though, is is that's a real horror film, to me, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Not the, 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 the slasher, cut-em-up, gore 
you know, Michael Myers, Jason yeah, around yeah, the yeah. corner. That, I mean, those are scary, and but I think they've kind of gotten played out. Something like The Woman in Black to me, where you know there there's creepy children, or you know there's just a, 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 an environment that creates such an eerie, yeah. uh, you know, situation for whoever you're watching. I, I think those are really you know scary movies, and I, I'll probably you know. Um, leave the lights on when I watch it or something. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the uh, uh, the woman in black. It's, it's you know, it's a very freaky movie. It's a ghost story as well. I, I tend to like those. So you're right, more than slasher films. But alongside Dan Radcliffe uh, is Kieran Hines. We have actually casting news about him. Um, really quickly though, Dan Radcliffe is uh, starring in an upcoming comedy called The F Word. Uh, F as in friendship, I believe is the F word they're talking about there. Um, and there's some photos of him. Uh, I won't spoil any more. There's some photos of him that surfaced recently. And then Kieran Hines, his woman in black. Good friend Aberforth. And good friend Aberforth. Um, what's the news, Selena? Let's say this here. The news that I brought to you on com is that Kieran Hines is joining a little show that <laughs> we all know. That we know Game about, yes. Yeah. yeah um, I feel like, you know, the three of us, I feel like we have discussed this news before. You know, it's kind of like a flashback right now. It's weird. Um, but um, he is going to be owning <laughs> Game of Thrones, um, and he's going to be playing Mance Raider, the um, leader of the Wildlings. I made the joke that he's going to herd the Wildlings, but nobody got it, so... <laughs> Oh, Selena, you're so funny. Yeah. So oh, he joins. You, uh, he joins Nat Tenna and David Bradley, uh, who are the only two I know of as of right now who are still. And um, Hermione's mom, Catelyn. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's pretty big. How could you mess that up, Monica? No, no. I, d- oh, I didn't Micah. realize it either. <laughs> um, also, okay, so Ivana Lynch. Um, there was a trailer released. Uh, for her upcoming role in a uh, small film called Apex. Um, yeah, we have Apex. <laughs> Apex, what is it? Is that like K-Pax with... K-Pax with Kevin Spacey. Um, we actually um, um, saw this at LeakyCon, the trailer. It, it aired right before the StarKid show because it also oh. has a, a girl who's in the StarKid show in it. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Devin, Devin Little, I believe that's how you say her name. Do you know anything about it? Like what... Yeah, I mean, the trailer was really trippy. It basically made it seem like it was this group of of young kids on drugs, but then it turned out at the very end that it's like a supernatural thriller. I think it's about some kind of virus that... um... (laughs) Hold on one second. I should know this. Yeah, it's a a virus that spreads across across the United States, so it's kind of like a survival story of these young group of young people and it's very it's like the kardashians different okay, yes. um no it's 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 very raw and um it has very like i guess shocking moments like for luna luna love good fans you will be shocked by this trailer i think she does some very not luna things but that's good because ivana isn't luna so she should be she should be exploring these different things it looks really cool uh, from Google, the definition of apex is a high point or a climax. Also, summit, peak, pinnacle, vertex, head, or tip. I know I'm very exciting right now. Um, and our last piece of uh, Carrick, um, actor news is Matthew Lewis, whose uh, trailer for his upcoming film called Wasteland premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival. Um, and that you can also view on Hypable. 
Very cool. And that concludes our news. God, an hour later. <laughs> well, also another piece of news, I mean, we're, we're just going to kind of go a little bit more in depth with it, I guess, right. is the the casual vacancy promotional tour that J.K. Rowling will be going on uh, after the book is released uh, later on this month, about uh, two weeks from now, a little over two weeks from now. So, Casual what, Micah? Vacancy. Casual what? <laughs> no, no, you said it right. You said it right, but I'm saying let's let's give a, an overview. There is a new book by J.K. Rowling coming oh. out. Oh, yeah. Yes, you, there is, of course. You said so, though, but I feel like we haven't covered it that much on the show. These shows are like a month apart, so... We've talked a lot about people. casual vacancy. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm overstepping it there. But it's going to be released on the 27th of September, and as many people know, uh, it's been pretty big news. I think over the last couple of days, J.K. Rowling will be making one of her stops in New York City at uh, Lincoln Center, and that will be on October the 16th, as we joked about before also the same day that a number of dvds and blu-rays also <laughs> hit, uh, hit store shelves so, synergy yeah. yeah absolutely uh and uh, the the big news was that there was a bit of an issue as it related to uh the tickets being sold for this event they were scheduled to go on sale uh earlier this week monday morning uh september the 10th at 10 a.m uh but in fact they showed up or somebody found the link that was created uh, right around 10 p.m. Uh, on Sunday evening. And so most Potter fans who were looking forward to going to this event said to themselves, well, I'm not going to wait till Monday morning uh, to purchase tickets. There's probably not going to be any left. So they all hopped online and, and bought tickets uh, early. And so the problem that that seems to have arisen, though, is that Lincoln Center didn't know about this at all. They weren't <laughs> scheduling this link to go live until 10 a.m. the next day. And so an issue of double booking uh, occurred when people went to purchase the following morning. Uh, now, this doesn't even include the, 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 the poor people who were waiting online uh, for many days uh, at, the, at the box office at Lincoln Center. And, and suddenly they find out that the tickets were on sale Sunday night and they're waiting to buy tickets Monday morning. So I think a lot of <laughs> them probably insane. scrambled. <laughs> now we know, heard to- from, we heard from one of them on, uh, on muggle net. We, we put in, um, you know, some of the, like, uh, I guess a recap of what, what it was like waiting in line for three days and finding out that your tickets were actually available online. Now, the way you said it though, it seems like people like hacked the link, like to, to get to it, like to well, find, Clearly somebody somewhere found the link because uh, Lincoln Center did not do uh, really any job of promoting this event on their website. It was not easy to find at all. To be Uh, honest, I'm still a little unclear on the details, which we can talk about in a couple minutes. Yeah. Uh, But uh, my guess is that somebody saw the ticket URL for another event and was able to manipulate it so that they were able to get the link for the J.K. Rowling event. So really and, the problem is that they shared. <laughs> they, they, were nice, they were nice enough to share the link. They just weren't you know? expecting like this kind of, of, of importance, you know? Like they just hadn't taken the precautions. Right. 
is Lincoln Center like a a small venue? Would you say? Where they, are they? Like where they? they you know, well, no, kind of- Lincoln Center is where the the last two premieres have been for oh. Deathly Hallows uh, here in the United States. So it, it's not a small venue by any means. Uh, there are a number of different halls that can be used for different events, and uh, I, I believe the the main hall is Alice Tully Hall, which is which houses over two thousand people. Um, and that's not the the hall that the event has been moved to, which is what Lincoln Center in the end decided to do. I think they would have had a, a rather large problem on their hands had Very they large. decided not to honor uh, the tickets that were purchased on Sunday night. And look, you know, I, I've seen all kinds of comments and emails and uh, and tweets and and posts about this, and uh, people who purchased. Monday morning, some of them were trying to blame the people who purchased Sunday night and say, look, well, if anybody is deserving of tickets, it's the people who purchased them at the correct time of, of, of you know, 10 a.m. on Monday morning. Well, it's not the people's fault who purchased them on Sunday night. They were the same people that were probably going to be purchasing tickets on Monday morning. So they just said, they didn't want to get locked out. And so I don't think it's fair to, to kind of discriminate against any one group here. Um, in the end, it doesn't matter. But I think that moving forward for, for an event like this, if you're going to put tickets on sale online, you're going to make tickets available on the phone, you're going to make tickets available at the box office, but you're not going to allot a certain amount of tickets to each group, mm. you're just asking for trouble. Because that's what, that's what they do with major sporting events and stuff, right? Yeah, it, it, it's, it, but it's all through one system, and I guess that's that's the same thing that they were looking to do here at Lincoln Center. But the problem is, if you're making something like this, the, you know, sporting events, baseball plays 182 games. You know, you, you're probably not going to have too much difficulty getting tickets, except for sort of the the higher profile games. This is a high profile single event. If you're making tickets online available. How fast do you think those are going to sell out when you have people waiting in line at the box office? You might, how many people are you going to be able to get through who are, who are waiting in line? What was shocking to me was that not only did they – I think it said they they sold out online the night before. But then they were remade available that morning at the correct time. Like it's as if the previous night didn't even happen. The system must have reset or for some reason started the, – the counter started again. It started over. Um, so that, that was really the situation is that it was double booked. I mean, people were able to get tickets at the normal time as well. And I, I just don't know what kind of a system error causes that. It's very shocking to me. Um, you know, it's very, it's very kind of a unique situation we haven't yet seen for us yet. Well, I'll, I'll just read you really briefly what the, the message from Jazz at Lincoln Center which is the group that is putting on this event said it says due to a security breach. So they're, they're already putting it on somebody other than themselves. Yeah. Tickets for the Jake rolling event on October the 16th were made available prematurely at 10 PM on September 9th. Tickets then went on sale at the previously announced time of 10 AM on September 10th. To your point, Eric, I don't know how they didn't already know. Realize that they were sold out. Like, you know, which, yeah. Uh, which, if that had happened, it wouldn't have been fair to everybody waiting in line. I understand that. I, I respect that. But, um, you know, I mean, we, everybody, I think, speaking on behalf of somebody who was online at the time, you know, it, it was uh, Twitter started lighting up and everybody was like, wait, they're selling early. Like, 
you know, something happened and we just weren't all clear on, on what was happening. And, and I think many people weren't aware of the fact that they were, you know, that there were people waiting in, you know, in line who wouldn't get tickets and that kind of thing. If, if, if something, is you know, there, like the early registration, were is happen. there any danger of double booking? Like that some people like that they aren't going to be able to give everybody who got their tickets space. Well, so that's what happened until they resolved it by doing what Mike is about to tell us. Yeah, so th that message goes on and basically absolves Little Brown and J.K. Rowling of any association with this issue. Uh, but uh, actually, Hypable reported today at around 5 o'clock that uh, you know, they just got off the phone with Lincoln Center and had answers, uh, that they were read an internal email stating that the event will move to the David H. Koch Theater, uh, which is also part of Lincoln Center, All tickets purchased September 9th and 10th will be honored. Uh, the move to the larger theater is to accommodate the larger-than-planned audience. Um, obviously, there people are not going to have the same seats that they currently have. I guess maybe what you'll have to do is maybe they'll send you a voucher in the mail or you know you can print out your receipt and bring it. And I, I would think they're probably going to give tickets out there. Um, that would be my guess. But This is great because it's like they get more money and everybody wins, yeah, exactly. and more people. Well, get no, to see well, it. think of J.K. Rowling because if this event is also a signing, that's extra books she's going to have to, you know, she's, she's not going to be signing tunnel. every single person. Like they're going to like set aside a, a certain amount of time for her, and whoever like has whoever she has time to sign, she will sign. Because well, you know the, I mean? the 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 jazz at Lincoln Center Theater used to hold, or still, you know, can, currently holds eleven hundred people. Is it so? We're thinking that, I mean, how much does the David H. Koch Theater hold now? Um, do you know, Micah? Or Camilla? David H. Koch Theater holds. <laughs> Googling, Googling. Yes. Did, did I get that name right? Uh, the David H. Koch Theater holds 2,500 people. Wow. Right. Well, she's, she's not going to do 2500 signatures i mean she no 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 well here's the to. thing though she signed every book for people who were at uh was it radio city carnegie hall carnegie hall she signed all those books uh she and, really wow and she's she's done that for pretty much every event that she's been to i just uh, remember I just remember her coming to my my country of Swenmark, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and her there were about two hundred people there, and she signed maybe a hundred, and then she left, and then wow. the rest wow. of us didn't get our books signed. So I'm a bit excuse me for my skepticism. I have been burned by her personally. <laughs> oh no! Uh oh. Yes, I hold a grudge, well, J.K. <laughs> speaking of other places, where else is J.K. Rowling going to be venturing for this casual vacancy book tour? She hasn't like she has a number of different appearances. She's only doing the one public event um, in the U.S., I believe. Though she is going to appear in several television shows, she has one interview in Australia, and she will be appearing on the release date. She will be appearing for a Q&A at the Queen Elizabeth Hall in London. And then she'll be appearing at the Cheltenham Literature Festival and the Lennox Love Book Festival. And that is in Scotland, that last one. Huh. And uh, so some also... Interesting she... stuff. Like some different yeah, she... kind of events. And also when 
J.K. Rowling is going to be here in New York City. She's going to be appearing on uh, The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Ah, oh, cool. Um, Jon Stewart and Joe have a little bit of history. I remember he introduced her the first evening of Harry, Carey, and Garp at uh, Radio City. And he was hilarious. He mentioned then how his young children um, really enjoy the Harry Potter books. But uh, I think both of them will, will play off each other very well on this TV appearance. Before we move on, this is 16 days before the next J.K. Rowling book. I mean, it's been, it's been five years and two months or something um, since the last J.K. Rowling book. Like, thoughts? How do you guys feel about that? I feel ready. I say bring it on, and then we can talk about Casual Vacancy next episode. <laughs> it's true. Oh. The next episode that, that we do, it probably is going to have us talking about Casual Vacancy. I guess it depends how quickly all of us get KV the book. Cast, it's coming. I know. I haven't even got my. I haven't even pre-ordered mine yet because... Like in my in my country, tiss, tiss. Um, they haven't. Like I don't know if they're gonna actually <laughs> have them. I don't. Do they know have if, books there? <laughs> no, I, no, you know we all write on those big stones, and <laughs> it takes a while to transcribe. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Um, like the Flintstones. No, yeah, like the Flint. That's me uh, in my hut. But no, like I don't know if I'm gonna like if I get it on Amazon, it's not gonna arrive on the day, and then I have to wait and stay off the internet. And I'm like, oh no, it's like Order of the Phoenix all over again. Wow. Micah, how do you feel? I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I think that uh, it's going to be. I, I want to watch the response from everybody else. You know, obviously, get the book, read it, find out what happens. But you know, what standard is she going to be held to here? She created the Harry Potter series, and you know, I, I have a feeling. I think Ben said this on a show that we did. They're looking for her to to fail in some capacity. They're waiting for that one thing that they can jump on and criticize her for because Potter was such an enormous success. And it's going to be a hard act to follow. There's no question about it. Yeah, well, I me, know. I me worry. personally, I, I I can't wait to, and I believe I said this last uh, last episode as well. I can't wait to see what tools she's developed, and I can't wait to read more stuff from her, even if it's not necessarily harry potter wise i feel like there will be a lot of similarities simply you know not necessarily in the text but because it's coming from the same author we're going to get to know joe a little better yeah yep. i'm i'm interested to see her write outside of fantasy and see because she seems like that kind of author that could be a really good mystery political thriller type author because of the way that she crafted so many different storylines in potter that and those few muggle chapters, like with the uh, Minister of Magic or Minister, the Prime Minister, you know, the Muggle Prime Minister and stuff. Those right. chapters were talking about, you know, muggles essentially and, and, and muggles in politics even. So maybe that'll be the, uh, you know, similarity. All right. Well, uh, before we wrap things up with some emails, I know we wanted to talk briefly about the Wizards collection. And uh, I did a review of the collection, as did uh, Rosie. Uh, she did the the UK version. I don't know if it's any different uh, than, than the US version, but both of those reviews are up on MuggleNet. And uh, I actually wanted to read an email that we have here. Emily29 from Colorado, she sent in a couple of questions, and I was hoping I might be able to answer the questions that she has related to the Wizards collection. Emily from uh, Colorado, Emily29 from Colorado writes, I need some help. You were the only folks I could think of to give a straight answer. It's this wizard collection set. In addition to being a rabid Harry Potter fan, I'm also extremely cheap. 
Frugal, I like to think of it. I purchased every Harry Potter film on DVD instead of Blu-ray at the time it was released because it's cheaper. And I do not know, I do not own any of the Ultimate Editions because there are no extended cuts after movie two. I have been holding out on spending more money on Harry Potter movies until the hoped for, but now seems like it will probably never happen, extended versions of all eight films were released. But now there's this Wizards collection which I'll admit looks very cool, and Micah gave it a reasonably warm review on MuggleNet. So here's the $350 question. <laughs> Is it worth the price tag? Um, all the best, Emily. Well, it, it's difficult because I, I don't want to tell somebody to go out there and spend $350. Uh, I, I think that if you're somebody who doesn't own... A complete set of all the films. You know, if you're somebody who's looking for that uh, behind the scenes, uh, you know, and maybe you don't have the ultimate editions. You know, if you're looking for that complete set that kind of comes in this cool box with a bunch of other different props and and little pieces that are considered to be collectibles, I think that it's it's something that you should consider. Um, in and of itself, you know, you're getting 31 discs with 37 hours of special features. Again, if you don't have that stuff already, then I think this kind of comprehensive set, if you're a diehard fan, might be something that you want to look into. Um, and, you know, as far as new content, you're only getting that five hour bonus disc. But if you don't have the Ultimate Editions, if you don't have the special features that come on the other DVD and Blu-ray packages, you know, it's 37 hours. So you have to ask yourself, if you're a diehard fan, do you want all of that kind of in one consolidated set? Yeah, and just to really briefly play devil's advocate, I mean, some of the best stuff out of those 37 hours is going to be on YouTube. Like, I feel bad even saying that, but it's true. <laughs> well, is it? Yeah. Is it, Micah? Can you confirm that, like, have you seen anything already that's on YouTube? Because they were doing well, previews I'm on... Selena's not referring to the videos provided by Warner Brothers. She's yeah. <laughs> referring to videos that some people might rip off of the the Blu-ray and and DVD is better in this set. I'm not saying that I would condone that in any way. I'm just saying if Emily really is worried about spending this money, but she wants, I don't, I feel bad saying that, even saying that, but it's, it's, it is so true though. Like you do get a lot of this stuff. You well, know, being, so it's, be, if you want the package, if you want the originality, if you want the good quality that you don't, you don't get on those YouTube ripoffs, then yes, get it. Well, also, you know, this this writer wrote in, and you know, Emily said that she did. She only had the DVDs, so if she doesn't already have the Blu-rays, there were features, especially the last two films, that only were available on the Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, so, so that it, might tip the scales in favor of this collection. Right. I mean, if I'm able to break it down a little bit here, what you have is each film is in its own case, and it. They have all these different drawers and, you know, movie one is in its own drawer, but then as you move on, they kind of consolidate them a little bit. Each film comes with four discs. So you have the DVD version, the Blu-ray version. Uh, you have a special features disc for every film up to Goblet of Fire. And I believe it stops after that. And you have, uh, the, 
what's it called? The uh, the making of Harry Potter documentary. The documentary, yeah. Uh, on, so on the fourth on the fourth disc. On the fourth disc. So you know, for Sorcerer's Stone, you'll have part one, uh, and then you know, as you move down, I think only Order of the Phoenix and Half Blood Prince give you three discs, DVD, Blu-ray, and the making of documentary. And then with Deathly Hallows Part 1 and Part 2, you get DVD, Blu-ray, 3D version of the films and uh, the making of Harry Potter, the documentary. And then, of course, the bonus disc has a lot of, of cool stuff on it as well. But all of that, I mean, is it's just so much. You know, you, you can literally spend days watching all of this stuff. And then, you know, I, I don't know how much added value is there for the people who, um, you know, that like the the collectibles you know is it does that make it automatically worth you going out there and purchasing this you know do you want a replica of the the slytherin locket do you want a, a blueprint map uh, of uh, of hogwarts you know do you want a felt map of the, the the hogwarts grounds and you know these these special uh sketches and prints that come uh from Stuart craig so it i guess it all comes down to do you want that stuff? Because I feel like if you just want the films, you can obviously just go out there and, and like you said, go to Walmart, go to some other place, go to Amazon and, and buy the films, the single versions if you just want the movies. But I, I do feel like this is this is a pretty comprehensive set and it'll probably decline in terms of price over time. So if you wait a little while, I don't think they're going to sell out these 63,000 sets you know, within weeks, I'd be shocked if they do that. Well, I, you know, I just wish that, and I, what I what I want to really talk about is this five hour extra features, unique single bonus disc. that's not tied to any one film. Um, right. You know, I wish there were a way to just purchase that disc. That seems to, you know, being somebody who owns now all of the films on DVD and on Blu-ray, in fact, um, you know, with the exception of the documentaries, uh, you know, the eight part documentary is the only new feature. Um, and I don't have enough room for another damn locket or a map, you know, in my room or wherever I live, you know, I want to know about this bonus disc. Yeah. I think there's really great content on this bonus disc, but I feel like to Selena's point, you're probably going to get some of it showing up in other places. Mm. Um, you know, th- this extended version of when Harry left Hogwarts, uh, I thought was, was really awesome because you're you're seeing the last days of of filming uh this series and and really it's it's taking you back for, to the entire filming of of Deathly Hallows and it, you know they call it the last days but it's really more of a of of a documentary on this entire process for the, for the last two films and you know you see them doing um a uh, uh what's it called a read through of the scene uh when Voldemort confronts Neville and Harry comes back to life Ooh. and Ray finds is standing there in a sweatshirt and a pair of jeans <laughs> and it's weird to see Voldemort standing there uh you know speaking like Voldemort obviously um but just like any regular person <laughs> and I, I feel like it's those things that are going to draw people to this but I do feel like there needed to be a little bit more. I mean, there there are more segments on this disc aside from that. I, I like the uh, the fifty greatest moments in Harry Potter. Um, I, I I thought that you know it's it's cool watching them count down. You kind of get uh 
you reflect a little bit on who who hosts this. You know, it's I I couldn't put um, the voice. I couldn't nail down the voice. Oh wow! But, but they, it's it is a voiceover, but they do get input from different uh, cast and crew. Oh, cool. Um, so you get um, you know analysis essentially on these moments from Dan Radcliffe, Emma Watson, Rupert Grint, J.K. Rowling, David Heyman, sure. uh, and the list goes on and on. Um, so it, it is a really cool disc. But again, if you if you if you don't care about the collectibles and you own all the other movies, is this five hour disc worth? $350. I mean, that's, that's really what, what you're getting at at the end of the day. Fascinating. Um, but you know, just to run through it, uh, real quick, they, they do have a, uh, another part called the designing the world of Harry Potter, where, uh, Stuart Craig and his team discuss how he brought the books to life and how the design that he implemented evolved over eight films uh that was really cool uh secrets revealed quidditch where they where they go behind the scenes of quidditch and secrets revealed hagrid where they uh talk about creating everyone's favorite uh game keeper (laughs) uh and then the harry potters you've never met where you really see from the stunt doubles uh perspective for dan radcliffe emma watson and rupert grin and get the whole story of what happened to uh, Dan Radcliffe's stunt double, who of course was, uh, you know, seriously injured. Uh, There is a moment in that uh, first documentary I talked about where he comes back to the set for the first time um, and, you know, is meeting with everybody. So uh, it's, it's a really unique perspective to have. That does sound awesome. I guess the one thing I was looking most forward to uh, when I heard about this outtake and, and when David Yates first hinted at, um, to me in the wizarding world, uh, you know, about this upcoming wizards collection before it was entitled, he said that there were going to be outtakes. There was going to be a bloopers reel. He said, in fact, there was going to be one on the deathly hallows Blu-ray home video that didn't end up happening. But my question is, did they actually make it to the wizards collection these these blooper reel these outtakes any outtakes i've heard mentions of them here and there maybe they were uh at parts i didn't get a chance to look at just yet but there's no specific section uh, in this set that's dedicated to or no specific disc in this set that's dedicated to outtakes so especially not one from like earlier earlier films right yeah well see i thought you might get a bit of that in the 50 greatest moments Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, not necessarily from the film, but like more behind the scenes, 50 greatest moments. Oh, uh, cool. But I didn't, again, I didn't see any of that. I, I think people are kind of waiting for that. And, and here's the other thing. Um, you know, when, when you're, you're doing secrets revealed, Quidditch, secrets revealed, Hagrid, like how, you think of all the different things you could do secrets revealed on. Um, you know, how many more discs could you actually create if you wanted to? So that kind of scares me for, for what lies in the future. <laughs> well, they need to release, I think they need to separate themselves from the films, uh, a little bit and stop reselling films with added content and start just selling the added content. Um, maybe that's a completely revolutionary idea. Maybe it's a dumb idea, but I know for a fact that I would, I would buy that 
Um, and I would look forward to more of these unique documentaries because ultimately, look, the only people who can produce these kinds of documentaries are the people with that behind the scenes footage, you know, a blooper reel. I would pay for a blooper reel, you know, and I would pay for a disc that just had a blooper reel on it. Um, so cater to me, you know, let me be a consumer. Let me consume this blooper reel whenever you want to publish it on a disc. And it doesn't have to also include the film on it, you know, to make it more marketable. In fact, it makes it less marketable because I already have the film. Um, so that's that's my theory on that. Okay. Yep. So uh, before we wrap up here, the, the the email that Emily sent in to us also had a new idea for a game uh, that uh, we should I think we should try out here real quick. Yay, it's called game. Would you rather? Oh God! Uh, I'll go through the uh, the questions <laughs> here. Some interesting questions, I have to say. Um, uh, the first one she asks: Provided he never goes to ask. Ben, would you rather live with Sirius in Grimmel Place or with the Weasleys at the Burrow? Hmm. See, I would like initially. I would no. I'm going to say the Weasleys. I was going to say it might get too annoying, but I would want to live with Ron. <laughs> <laughs> that was what but, I was going to say. I was like, eventually, living with seven people would be as annoying yeah. to them, or annoying to, as annoying to you as it is to them when Ron complains about having such a big family. Right. And if Sirius never goes to Azkaban, he's probably going to be less broody. You know, he's not going to be as depressive as he depressed as he was in the fifth one. Right. I have to because of my love for the Prisoner of Azkaban book and the storyline that never could be with Harry, you know, really living with his I uncle. Um, I have to say, have to, have to say that I would rather live with Sirius at Grimmauld Place. Mm. What um, would you say, Micah? I'm going with the uh, the home cooking. So yeah. I'm, right. I'm with the right. instead of living with somebody who could eat rats for a year. And it's and- a cool place to live. Grimmel Place is not very appealing. No. I yeah, I would go with for the borough. Well, the paint's appealing, the Micah. Yeah, yeah. Gotta get uh, Uncle Ray over there. Um <laughs> next question. <laughs> would you rather be able to apparate, so it's one or the other, or cast charms with a wand? Uh, do you oh, think God. I should be without? A, should you think I should be without a wand? No, I think uh, with a wand because it's like, would you either be able to cast charms or apparate? Seeing as I'm I, right now trying to stay awake to catch a bus, to catch a plane, to catch a train, to get back to Denmark, I would probably choose apparition right now. Yeah, I like apparate too. Uh, me three. All right. Charming and then last with. one: Would you rather be born a Muggle? And never know about the wizarding world, or be born a squib and know about the wizarding world, but be unable to participate fully in it. That's a good question. I would say squib because you still get all the magical items. <laughs> like, you know, you can still get stuff like, I don't know, people can give you enchanted things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I love the idea that magic exists. Like, I would, I would rather live in a world where I knew magic existed than this one. <laughs> Aww. Oh crap! No. <laughs> Micah, what do you think? Oh, it's it's tough. I I I kind of agree with with Selena. I I would yeah. I'd rather know that it exists than go through uh, Muggle life and like not we do knowing right about now. Exactly. Yeah, you know that's why we're fans. It's because we want to believe in this kind of stuff. There's always quick spell courses, right? Exactly. I agree. And um, we could have magical pets. Yes. Well, this was fun. 
Um, in fact, Emily's email in her email, she writes that her and her husband play this periodically around the dinner table. So that must be fun for them. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. We had a little bit of an unexpected fun segment there at the end. Thank you, Emily. Um, and now this concludes MuggleCast episode 257. Um, glad to get all that news out of the way. And it was great discussing the casual vacancy, which comes out in 16 days. Oh my god! Next MuggleCast is going to be all about it. KVCast. And I think we'll probably be able to talk about the perks of being a wallflower if it comes out in your country, Selena. Yeah, which it probably won't. But I've read the book, so I can still... <laughs> bring something. Yeah, I, I should reread the book. It's a short enough book, and I've had it ever since I read it for the first time in ninth grade. And in that um, moment, I swear we were infinite. Oh, <laughs> so I didn't. That line in particular didn't do much for me, but okay, I, I, have other, I guess I have other likes in that book. <laughs> so, for all the information on this show, uh, as well as be able to download past episodes and read transcripts of each show, uh, you can visit MuggleCast. Com. We know we were having a problem for a little while with the more recent episodes, but that should all be fixed now. All the transcripts should be up to date, including our most latest episode, which uh, took place in Chicago for uh, LeakyCon 2012. And, uh, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mugglecast. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash mugglecast. And we have our mugglecast Tumblr, which is uh, mugglecast.tumblr.com I think. hope I got that right. Yeah, you did. Uh, That's and, our Mugglecast uh, fan Of course Tumblr. you can rate and review us on iTunes uh, <laughs> and uh, we certainly <laughs> appreciate all your uh, your reviews. If you listen to another one of our shows, uh, there's usually a little laughing. bit more that follows uh, you rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Uh, Selena, why don't you tell them about that? <laughs> Why? Well, okay, rating and reviewing on iTunes? No, no, our other podcasts. Oh, right. Okay, I was gonna say I'm not gonna do that in this show. Um, that other show, you, you, you guys know you're all intrigued. You have to go listen now. Um, it is the Game of Owns podcast that the three of us do with uh, our friend Zach. So if he was on here, that'd pretty much be what this was, which is kind of strange. Game of Owns. It's all about Game of Thrones, and we are currently doing a spoiler-free <clears throat> Micah reread of the first book, A Game of Thrones. And it's very exciting. Yep. And of course, we do cover the the TV series as yes. well. Uh, we're on a little bit of a break right now, though, between seasons. So uh, we decided, uh, you know, that whole chapter by chapter thing uh, works pretty well. And uh, and speaking of chapter by chapter, uh, we do have another podcast over on MuggleNet called Alohomora, and uh, they are doing a, a global reread of the Harry Potter series. They just put out their 11th episode uh, where they're looking at uh, Chamber of Secrets chapters 3 to 4. It's run by all MuggleNet staff and uh, it's it's a good listen. So, uh, you know, if you're getting back in that flow, I know around the fall time people start rereading the Harry Potter series. They get into uh, the spirit of things. So, uh, be sure to uh, to give that a listen as well as our uh, our Academia podcast which just put out its uh, ninth episode, which compares uh, Tolkien to J.K. Rowling. Uh, and Ooh, very uh, exciting. We've, we've compared Tolkien to other authors on different shows as well, so uh, <laughs> we'll get into that. But, uh, you know, two great podcasts uh, about Potter for you guys to give a listen to. Hi, 
Pull has a few podcasts as well, Selena, don't they? Oh my gosh, yes. Do you have an hour? We don't have time um, for all of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me just plug so, a few Sorry, of my Andrew, own, we, had to, we had to not mention them because um, of time. Actually, speaking of Andrew, um, Twilight fans might know of his show Imprint. Well, we have a show on Hypeable called Vampire Hype, which uh, talks about the Vampire Diaries and Twilight, as well as uh, True Blood, Buffy, that kind of stuff. And Andrew actually guest hosted on that one as well. We seem to keep missing each other because we were both on this episode, but in different segments. Um, and there we have a Once Upon a Time show called Onceable as well, which is so exciting. And Hunger Games Chad and Glee Chad. There's so much. Let's go listen to them all. Awesome. So that concludes 257. MuggleCast 257. We'll see you uh, probably, I will say as soon as possible after the Casual Vacancy release to see uh, to hear and see our thoughts. Perhaps we'll do a live stream, but perhaps not. Um, and we'll see where the winds take us. So, thank you for listening to this week's episode of MuggleCast. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Michael Tadmill. And I'm Selena Wilkin. See you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Happy vacancy times.